Magray. The winners, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. The Atherton Cup field go past the 800 and they start their run onto the side of the course. Yankee Tango might up it a little bit now. Then second placing at the moment is Buxton and Greycliffe has got a lovely run third on the fence. Just in behind them, Guangzhou. They were followed by Rocco as the pace goes on. And then two lengths away to Tunero with some work to do and Roxburgh is last of all. Yankee Tango in front coming toward the corner. Buxton goes up to Eyeball into the straight. Guangzhou's off the fence and starts to run up to the Greycliffe in the middle running on then came Rocco Tunero getting a going now on the inside it's still Yankee Tango Buxton up on the outside in the cup Yankee Tango Buxton Guangzhou coming Buxton might have got the lead Yankee Tango Buxton hit the front Buxton Guangzhou Buxton Buxton won the cup from Guangzhou and Greycliffe might have got third and also there was Yankee Tango... Buxton taking out the Atherton Cup on Saturday for Graham Cleesey and Lisa Donovan with the call there from Bluey Forsyth, courtesy of our friends at On The Bit, as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news from the weekend. And speaking of On The Bit, big announcement coming your way on the show this morning. I'll keep you in suspense on that. Plenty of news on Bushbeat today, including what happened at Gympie with Maharata taking out the Spring Cup. Jason Babarovich and Tanya Parry with another big day of Mad Iser on Saturday. Dakota Graham had a double at the Emerald Jockey Club program at Clermont on the weekend. And we'll tell you more about uh, the EJC and their plans to move another meeting to Pepperina Park coming up in October. We'll look back at uh, some of the other results from the weekend as well, uh, where... The NQ Classic at Mackay on Saturday uh, was uh, taken out by Ellie Smith and Ricky Vale with Stubai. We've got lots of news to get through on the show as we get ready for a massive weekend of racing coming up because it's the kickoff this coming weekend for the 2020 Racing Queensland Country Cups Challenge and Country Stampede Legs. And one of those is going to be at Longreach, which is where we're heading as we do first up each and every week on Bushbeat as we welcome in Rob Luck. G'day, Rob. G'day, Tony. And yes, we're counting down, aren't we, to... The first meeting that you're going to miss in how many years, Tony? About 10. About, yeah. It'll be something like that now. I've become part of the, the woodwork around uh, Longreach uh, circles this week. But I tell you what, you've been part of that progression of these of these Country Cups meetings, building to the stage where they now feature on Sky Channel and Tab, something that we've commented on this show for many, many years that's an important feature of country racing, and Racing Queensland's got to be congratulated for the move towards getting this up and running and the Country Cups Challenge kicking off this weekend and the Stampede, of course, Ewan, uh, Taroom, Longreach. Did I miss one at all? Uh, I know they're kicking off this weekend. And Mount Isa. Yeah, Mount Isa Spring Cup on Saturday is also going to be a, a leg of it and a 1,000-metre open. And you mentioned Ewan. Wonderful to see the nominations that have come through for... Uh, the uh, the Ewan doubleheader uh, Friday, there's something like, um, what did I see? There was 60, I think, uh, nominated mm-hmm. for the Friday program and 56 for Saturday. It's fantastic. Yeah, and we're really wrapped with the 95 with the late nomination this morning of Van Winkle in the uh, in the cup out here. But uh, 95 nominations, about seven dual acceptors, so they'll drop back a little bit and I imagine a few emergencies in a couple of races. But the cup features a uh, capacity field of 14, the other races uh, 12. But... It's been great to see the rain that's happened in the uh, western Queensland and southwest Queensland area. We had a lovely 20 mils on the track on a Saturday, but so far it reminds me of that year you were here, Tony, where we ended up down in the RSL with the uh, the, the meeting when the rain did do the damage. 
But so far, so good. Uh, the track drying out beautifully. The ground should be in immaculate condition and we operate under those COVID rules. So we're looking forward to that. Um, but, Tony, that, that brings us to Atherton, of course, with that win of Buxton and some interesting things, I think, because uh, up in the far north there'll be these Cups uh, challenges and stampede uh, uh, heats happening. And of course, we welcome back uh, Peter Rose, been doing a great job of calling, training, tipping and reporting on Bushbeat uh, of recent times. And uh, the win of Buxton, Peter, uh, I think that's his second Atherton Cup and he certainly does love this track. Yeah, good morning, Rob. Tony, um, you, you're spot on. He um, he makes a back-to-back cups, Buxton, and I've followed him all through the cup series up here. I thought he was pretty luckless in the Cairns and the Townsville Cups and most definitely should have finished closer. And um, He was my standout pick of the day up there. He looked magnificent. Lisa Donovan's only got a small team in work, and we say it week after week. They present to the races looking impeccable, and um, Buxton's no exception to that. He, he looked to stand out in the yard and... Um, we finally got the cup underway. It took about 20 minutes delay. Unfortunately, Wanderson got home strung up in the gates and thought to go out to him. I think he's escaped pretty lucky with just a broken nose. Um, it, we feared it was a lot worse. He, he went down under the gates, but thankfully it, it's not. And yeah, we got the race underway and Buxton was too good yet again. Yeah, hopefully Wanderson bounces back and I'm sure he will quickly. Four wins and a second from five at the track for that star witness, six-year-old. And an exciting race because there was only 1.8 lengths covering the first six home. Yeah, it was. They absolutely dawdled in front. And I'm no athlete, but I reckon I could have run a faster first 600 than them. <laughs> and it, it set it up. Graham Clasey, he, he's one of the best up here. And he, he had the one-out, one-back seat on Buxton. And when the sprint went on, he um, he's not known to be a real stayer Buxton. I think he's probably best best range from the 1,400 to the maybe 1,800, but he stretches out to the 2,000 well up at Atherton. And as we say, often it's a horses for courses kind of track and he, he's obviously trained there, knows it inside out. And yeah, it was it was good. And you couldn't wipe the smile off Lisa's face. She was, she was tickle pink. That comment takes me to a question for you this morning for two other winners on the program, as well as Buxton. With the Country Cups Challenge coming up, I notice Innisfail has a heat, and I think it's 1,800. Uh, and also you've got the Stampede. Now, uh, Buxton possibly headed that way, but there's two runners there that won on the weekend. Peter, any chance that these would be horses capable of, uh, for example, the Stampede for Slammed Dunk? And in the open handicap, Windmill Lane also for the, uh, the Stampede. Are they the sort of horses in the far north that could be targeted uh, for that? Tell us about their wins, of course. But uh, is there a possibility those gallopers would head that way as well as Buxton for the uh, Country Cups? Yeah, most definitely. Well, obviously, Buxton qualified for the Country Cup final last year and was luckless down there. And um, I think he'll be heading back that way. Um, as far as the stampede goes, uh, Windmill Lane, hands down, is one of the best sprinters we've seen up this way. He's nine-year-old. He's just keeps winning. Um, first up from a spell on the weekend, ridden a treat by Kate South, and they went absolutely silly in front, and she just sat off the speed, and he, he ran away with it. And I think you'll find um, he might head to the Johnson River, I think, at Innisfar, which is part of the stampede, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll be up to that in his ears. And Flam Dunk, I reckon that's a training performance of the day. He hasn't raced for over a year and won like a good thing. Um, Apple's only got a small team in work out at Georgetown. He works full-time and gets to the races when he can. And um, He looked looked massive in the yard. Slam Dunk is a real big, striking horse. and um, It wouldn't surprise me if he headed, headed that way. I'm not sure if Apple's taken him to Ewan, if he's got a few runners going out there. Um, being first up for over 12 months, I don't think he'd back him up. But 
if he can sneak into one of the good sprint races, one of the stampede heats on a light weight, he's a very live chance. You're right in saying about that Johnson River at, uh, at the Innisfail program coming up on the 17th of October is the leg of the country stampede. Of course, the Innisfail Cup is a leg of the country cups and the others that are happening in North Queensland, Pete. Uh, Burdekin Race Club with their Home Hill program on the 31st of October. There's a 1460-metre open as part of the Country Cups Challenge and a 1,000-metre open for the Country Stampede League. And then the Cannes City Cup coming up on the 15th of November uh, with a 950-metre open quality as the uh, the Country Stampede League. So they're going to have to be uh, pretty careful. To, if you want to qualify for these, you've got to make sure you target some of these races. Most yeah, definitely, and, um, Tony and Pete. Um, it's horses like Slam Dunk I find interesting because a Class 4 winner, I mean, he's got a bit to go to for that open company, but they're on the way up some of these horses. And, in fact, Windmill Lane, possibly in previous years when he was in great winning form, had bigger targets in sight than, say, a Battle of the Bush. But he, he now fits in that category pretty well, I, I would have thought, both gallopers. Yeah, definitely, Slam Dunk. He is on his way up, but he's going to get into those heats good at the weights and... Uh, Windmill Lane, he, he, even with Kate's claim on Saturday, he still carried 62 and a half and just toyed with them. And I think, if depending if it's a, a handicap or a quality or whatnot, where Windmill Lane, you have to pick and choose where he goes because they are just going to wait the good horses out of it. There's the likes of him hidden in heaven. She carried 64 on the weekend. Desert Cowboy, I know he's going to head towards the country stamp or the, the stampede heated cans. He'll be up in the weights. It, it just all depends where where you go and what weights you get us. So, what your chances are going to be, I think. Yeah, and there were three other winners there. And, of course, it's great to see uh, Muscotti Gittos, an apprentice who has travelled far and wide to uh, enjoy the, the craft of riding. And uh, good to see him get a win in the cutest. And the cutest money went off. But tell us about those wins, Clout, and the other winners on the day. The Frontier and Mac, my mate, were rounded out the program. Yeah, Clout. Um, I, I honestly, I'll be the first to say I didn't think I'd see a day where he'd win over 1,400. He's just a real bold front-running type. But Atherton played very um, leader bias on the weekend, which is unusual. Had a little bit of rain during the week, so it was a bit sticky and a bit of kickback. And he led Clout and um, got taken on left, right and centre. And all the way up the straight, it was a two-horse battle. Him and the Elite Jet just fought it out to the line. And it was good to see him get a win. He's a nice horse. You know, he, he, um, a big grey horse, so he catches everyone's eye. And I think he caught a lot of the punters' eye in the yard because there was plenty of cheering going on. And it is good for Scotty Giddos. He... Um, doesn't get as many opportunities as he'd like. He does like to travel and he gets all over the place and it was good to see him. He had to go up the hill to get a winner and unfortunately he puts himself on the sideline for 13 days for a bit of interference, but he's happy he said he got, got himself a winner, so that put a smile on his face. Um, the other two winners, I reckon the most improved horse up here at the moment is the Frontier. He's joined the Freddie Whelan stable and he's just acquired this new racing pattern where he just jumps and goes flat stick and... Emily jumped, put the pedal down, and he never looked like getting beaten in a Class B. He's made it two in a row, did the same thing in the Reva a fortnight previous, and he won by six lengths. Um, it was it was a very good win. He, as I said, never never looked like getting beat. Um, but for me, I was really excited for Nicole Homan to win the maid with Max, me mate. Um, you don't often see, I think he's seven-year-old now. He's a locally bred horse. Nikki doesn't have many horses in work. Um, she doesn't get the quality of horses that a lot of trainers up here does, but she still loves the game. And it, it was a maiden at Atherton, but you could have swore blind she won the Melbourne Cup. She was just jumping around, having the best time, and the owner was there, which made it even better. And it's he's been through the trainers, Max, me mate, and he's had a few chances, but um, at his home track, first up from a spell, he he just ran them off their legs. And um, Nick used to be one of our leading apprentices and riders up here, had a really bad fall many years ago, and. 
just stuck around in the game, poking along with a few horses in work, and it was her first winner for a while, and it was it was great to see how excited she got. It was one of those things, isn't it? We've said this uh, for many, many years on Bushbeat, Peter, that uh, it doesn't matter whether you're winning a maiden at Atherton or, like you say, I- I'm sure that you know, I've never done it. I'm sure that winning a group one at Flemington or Randwick or Eagle Farm is pretty cool too. But, yeah, just winning a race, especially for an owner, uh, it's just a huge thrill and it's wonderful to see that kind of passion is still out there. Most definitely. Uh, everyone gets up at the same time of the morning, whether you're racing in Cooktown, Atherton or, or Eagle Farm. We all get up to the same thing every day, day in, day out. So it, the rewards are getting a winner and you celebrate when you do. Stay with us, Pete, because when we go down to Mackay with the North Queensland derby, an interesting um, uh, comparison here I'd like to make with you. But, uh, of course, we all know these jockeys' names up and down the coast. Justin Stanley, three winners on the day. Ashley Butler, two, and young Ellie Smith who, uh, welcome back to the provincial circuit. Her teaching placements have kept her away from the track a little bit lately. Uh, Justin uh, kicked off the program of the first three winners, the Silver Lady for Tom Button, Brad for Trinity Bannon. Three winners to Justin Stanley. I don't know whether that came across, the Silver Lady, Brad, and uh, she's a shooting star. Uh, Ashley Butler picked up with Marino and uh, Great Fox. These are all race-to-race uh, doubles and trebles. And Ellie Smith with District. But it comes to the last race, the, cla- uh, the North Queensland Derby, basically, the classic cutest three- and four-year-old benchmark. Now, Stubai, here's the comparison, Peter. This, of course, Penny Agua has been the horse up north, goes from the Maiden through the Cairns Cup. He's obviously on a bit of a higher level, but it's a real comparison. This Medaglia Oro, he started with a Maiden back on the 17th of July. Then he's run second and fourth in the Mackay and Townsville Guineas behind Penny Agua, and now he's won his last two. Uh, and caps it off with a feature win with a race they think they set it for in the North Queensland Derby. We're, we're pretty blessed at the moment, these four-year-old crop coming through. Penny Agua up your way, and now Stubai for Ricky Vale taking out the North Queensland Derby. Yeah, it, it's been a, a very good year for the, the four-year-olds, or late three-year-olds, I suppose. They started the, mm. da- the Guineas campaign as three-year-olds, and as you said, Penny Agua went from not beating a horse home to winning the Cairns Cup in one prep, and obviously Stubai... I, I don't like to think Strubai does it easier, but his racing action, his racing style definitely makes it better for him. He is a real front-running, bold type, and he got away with very easy sectionals on Saturday. And mm. when you have horses that can race like that, God, it's good, and it stays out of trouble and everything behind them, that's where the trouble is. So if he can keep racing like that, I think moving forward, he'll make a real nice staying type, which is very strange, obviously, even that Bagliadoro's they show any amount of speed and for him to get up over that 1800 and win so comfortably on the weekend um and obviously penny agua he's he's the opposite he comes from behind up this way and has to make luck in his races so they're two very good horses moving forward who i think we'll we'll see clash in the cups more than likely next year so um provided they obviously spell and come up as as late four-year-olds i think they'll be in for a good campaign again next prep yeah, clashes we can look forward to. And, of course, Medaglia Dioro with Brad, who won his last four at the uh, track, the other winner for that sire on the weekend. Um, what comes up in the far north for yourself next, Peter? Um, we've got Cairns here Friday. We've got a tab meeting. and they do, I'm not sure why, but we're clashing, with, unfortunately, with Ewan on Friday, Saturday. But, thankfully, mm. Ewan's got some great noms. And um, then we head to Gordonvale for Gordonvale Cup next weekend, which I'm really looking forward to. We... I love going to Gordonvale. I've got a young a little horse that trialled really well today that's owned by the late Johnny Rowan who, who gave me my first horse to train and he's a Gordonvale man who just loved his Gordonvale racing so I'm heading there with him hopefully to get a win for the family and, and then we 
we back it up um, a couple of weeks later with the Innisfail Cup, so plenty of racing. Well, you're on a winning roll with your tipping that you're handing out, and uh, good luck with uh, the runner at Gordon Vale, and of course uh, with the big Ewan meeting uh, coming up. There's a lot of attention on the far uh, north with racing and country racing. Uh, thanks again this morning, Pete, uh, for a great coverage up there with that uh, Atherton Cup meeting from Saturday. Not a problem. I'll talk to you hopefully with some good results in a fortnight. Good on you, Pete. Appreciate that. Peter Rowe joining us this morning on Bush Pete and having a look at uh, where we are headed towards the races this coming week. As we've touched on there, the uh, UN Amateurs coming up on Friday and Saturday. Uh, tab meetings following today at Bow Desert and Cairns on Friday. It's the big day for the Toowoomba Turf Club as part of the uh, Queensland Spring Racing Carnival that we discussed yesterday on Press Room with uh, Brendan Parnell from Racing Queensland. Uh, the Audi Centre Toowoomba Wheatwood, the Tab Toowoomba Cup, the Moor Trailers Toowoomba Guineas, as well as the Toowoomba Truck Spares Pat O'Shea Plate with Metro status for the big Wheatwood program coming up on Saturday. And, of course, as we touched on, Rob, uh, it's uh, going to be uh, Longreach Cup Day as well with the uh, kick-off there uh, where the Sprout Ag Longreach Cup will be uh, part of the Country Cups Challenge Qualifier Series, plus you have a Country Stampede Challenge uh, Qualifier there. Uh, we also go to uh, Tarum on Saturday for Tarum Cup Day for the Dawson Jockey Club and uh, their Country Stampede Qualifier as well. Uh, Ewan on day two of the Amateurs uh, will feature, as we've uh, touched on there, another leg of the Country Cups Challenge and Stampede. And then the fourth one will be at Mount Isa on Saturday with the Spring Cup as well as the 1,000-metre open. And wedged in amongst mm. all of that is going to be Gladstone racing on Saturday. So plenty of eyes uh, will be on this uh, opening weekend of the uh, the 2020 Racing Queensland Country Cups Challenge and Country Stampede. And and the other result, just to, before we go to Scotty Power, I'll come back to Scotty Power with Claremont, uh, out of that Dolby meeting, that famous ploughing cup that we mentioned last week, the maiden winner with its first cup without choice for Ben Ahrens, uh, who I believe has got runners at Bow Desert today. And good to see Matty Gray, who's riding in great form out this way. Uh, he got it home as favourite. And, of course, Matt Crop doing a great job taking his uh, horses around the country circuit, picked up the Dolby Cup with Rosie Posey for uh, Kate Cowan on board. So they're two good results out of Dolby, Tony. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned Without Choice. This was the Ploughing Cup from Saturday. 500 left to go and Without Choice, he wants to hang a little bit. Gray's got both hands on the steering wheels. He comes up towards the home turn over Total Delight and Final Drum, two shades from the gong. Golden Jazz is next. Uh, hooking into the clear then is Gray Rules. Homeward bound Without Choice. He's a bit green but he straightens up and kicks. Total Delight's running on two shades wider out and here's Dior Dane from last running on. It's still uh, without choice in front. He's all over the place like a drunken sailor. He's got a kick. Dior Dame is flashing on the outside without choice in front. Without choice. He's done everything wrong, but he's still won the plough-in cup. Second, third and fourth, very close. Dior Dame peaked on its run there with total delight and two shades in the middle, followed by from the goal. The winners, the people, the places and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat. We'll have a look at some of the other news out of a few of the other tab programs very soon as we roll along on Bushbeat this morning. But, Rob, we were at Clermont on the weekend. And Scott Powers joining us to tell us about the uh, the big day there and some other news coming out of central Queensland. Good morning, Scott. Hey, good morning, Tony. Good morning, Robbie. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, good morning, Scott. Uh, movement to Pepperina Park, I think it is, at uh, Clermont. And a couple of doubles featured with Dakota Graham. I like my breeding, Scotty, as you know. And it was great to see Golden Archer. He bookended the program with two five-year-olds uh, getting winners. Tell us about the, the major results out of Pepperina Park on uh, Saturday. Yeah, well, it was actually the Emerald um, Jockey Club race being transferred to uh, Pepperina Park and 
Um, on behalf of the Emerald Jockey Club, a very big thanks to the band of workers up there with the Claremont Race Club to enable the, the meeting to be transferred. As we know, the um, the grass surface at Emerald is, isn't um, handling the the extra racing, and particularly through the winter months. So um, a decision was made to uh, transfer a couple of the meetings uh, before the end of the year, and hopefully things can be on track uh, to finish the year off at uh, Pioneer Park in Emerald. But the opening race on the card was the Claremont Race Club Appreciation Benchmark, and as you said, Robbie, a good win to Isis Jacktail, the Golden Archer Mare, uh, trained by Glenda Bell, was formerly with Kevy Miller. And Noel Coyne shares an ownership, and congratulations to Noel Coyne and Glenda. They, they share the ownership of Isis Jacktail and Dakota Graham, uh, a very good ride uh, on Isis Jack Taylor became well. Was taken on in the early part, but she stuck towards the inside, was too strong. Purple Trumpet edged out uh, 61 Tigers for second spot, but Isis Jack Taylor got the money for Dakota Graham over Purple Trumpet for Emma Bell uh, and Rodney Little and 61 Tigers for Mark Barnum and Ross Vague, finishing in third spot. Uh, Katarina Ho um, doesn't get too many rides on the country circuit. I haven't seen a name for a while, but she did pop up with the cutest winner and Cactus Blasters for Tracy Simmons. But uh, did she suffer a fall or an injury out of this uh, race, um, Scotty? Yeah, Robbie, after they went past the post, it was a good win, Cacto Blasters, um, raced by uh, Tracy and also mum, Betty Manzelman. Congratulations to them and trained by Tracy Simmons of McCoy. Only had the horse for a short time and Katarina Aho rode it to perfection to get the cutest money. Uh, defeated uh, Tad Wayne for Dakota Graham and Glenda Bell and finishing in third spot better than goal for Emma Bell and Rodney Little. And, mate, as you said, uh, yeah, Katarina had a tumble after pulling up after the post. Uh, she did walk unaided uh, to the ambulance and into the enclosure, but uh, for precautionary measures, Cat uh, was taken to the hospital for um, you know observations, and uh, we wish her a speedy recovery. She wasn't able to fulfil the, the remainder of the program, but um, she certainly was up on her feet, mate. But just uh, yeah, may have, yep. may have got a little bit of a head knock when she hit the ground up there, mate. Well, bounce back quickly, I'm sure. And Dakota Graham, um, she had an easy uh, second leg of the double. When you look at the margin, 10.75 lengths with unusual art taking out the four-horse field in the maiden. Yeah, Clint uh, Taylor uh, brought unusual art out from Rockhampton for an easy one, I believe. Um, hasn't been doing much at the other meetings. It did finish third at Emerald, four, uh, four starts back or five starts back now. Uh, but set off the speed set by Freedom Rock. Um, was able to just sit behind it when they straightened up. Uh, Dakota Graham got to work at Unusual Aunt, uh, raced away to win easily in the end. Uh, Weagles for Emma Bell and Trevor Williams finished in second spot and Freedom Rock, Nat Summers and Kevin Miller wound up third. But, yeah, no, very good win to Unusual Aunt. And I'd suggest there's possibly more wins in store there, mate. Uh, they brought it out to the, the country circuit. Um, I guess um, there was a bit of frustration with the connection, but they were able to, to get a bit more feed money, mate. A win's a win, as and you mentioned, Emma Bell. Well, there would have been a lot of cheering. No more popular win on the uh, home track for Jenny Bell and Emma Bell with Flinders Deegan, who's another one that loves this track. Four wins and a second from five, Scott, for this nine-year-old by Felvalon. Yeah, no, he certainly loves this track um, at Caprina Park. Trained there locally, um, raced and trained by Jenny Bell, and, and Emma would have got tea well and truly on the Saturday night, I believe, because, yeah, she, she's got a good association with Flinders Deegan and particularly on the track. Was able to just um, stalk, the, stalk the speed, was able to kick kick strongly. Uh, Zenday loomed up as a bit of a danger when they come down past the 200, but Flinders Deegan was able to kick and kick strongly to hold Zenday uh, for Dakota Graham and Boy Foster. And sizzling sun for Nari Nelson and Ricky Nelson winding up in third spot. It was like we were saying with Peter Rowe talking about uh, winning a race anywhere is always a thrill for owners, jockeys, trainers. But I think hometown victories are something special as well, aren't they, Scotty? 
Oh, for sure, mate. And, um, you know, despite no uh, patrons being allowed on course, um, there was a bit of a cheer with um, Emma with her, you know, particularly with uh, Dad, the president of the Claremont Race Club, and um, uh, done a lot of work on the track. And uh, I know he was as proud as Punch Billy. And, um, yeah, she rode it to perfection, um, Finders Deegan, and was able to dictate terms and, and sit off that speed. Hopefully we'll be seeing a ride out here on Saturday in Longreach Cup meeting, but it didn't take Boy Foster long to back, bounce back with the winner in the final event. And he's been in really good form, this Golden Archer Arcade, because he's come off a second at Jundra at his last two runs in good fields. And that's a good win over a good horse in Addicted, I thought. Yeah, I, I thought Masaruki Yabi rode it to perfection. He was able to get it across and, you know, dictate terms in front. They, they didn't go all that hard in the earlier middle part of the race. Uh, addicted, of course, sat on its outside, and and they obviously fought the right coming from well back as that's its pattern of racing. But yeah, the the first two, there was no way in the world that anything from the back was going to get past them, and and they settled down and fought the race out. Archade um, uh, for Boy Foster and Masuki Yabi getting the money over Addicted for Glenda Bell and Emma Bell, and the decorator for Nari Nelson and Tracy Simmons winding up in third spot. But yeah, Archade um, very consistent, and it was great to see them get the win, mate. Now, you've got uh, more information about the cooperation between Claremont and Emerald uh, with uh, the, your big meeting, of course, from Emerald, the Emerald 100 that we're so used to in October. I believe there's movement in the in the park, so as to speak, with that meeting. I think they, they, they've come to an agreement that, that it won't be held at Pioneer Park, Robbie, and um, it'll be held at Pepperina Park, I believe, in Claremont. That'll be October the 10th. That's the Emerald 100 race meeting. And, yeah, it's different circumstances, as we know, um, with the... Uh, COVID-19 pandemic, um, you know, a lot of uh, different rules in place and the COVID plan. And hopefully, I'm not sure, I'm not 100%, but hopefully we may have some patrons uh, to be allowed on course that day, but there'll be more news to come with that. I did see a note come in from Cole Truscott of Racing Queensland just talking about the programming for that because normally the Emerald 100 has run over 1850 metres, but with the difference of uh, the track there, it will now be an open handicap over 1400 metres. But importantly, the prize money will remain as advertised. Uh, some of the other races that will change, the benchmark 50, that was 1300, steps to 1400 metres. There's a cutest maiden plate, three-year-olds and upwards set weights that was 1100. It uh, now becomes 1000 metres. And the other two will stay to benchmark 65,000 metre Class B. I think the important part, Scott, is that yeah, it's, while it's uh, sad that there won't be an Emerald 100 at Pioneer Park at Emerald this year, if there was going to be a year that the track wasn't quite up to it and uh, was going to be affected, this is probably the silver lining to the cloud is it's this year with all of the COVID things happening and uh, to be able to still keep that prize money in the area, but at least it's a case of, uh, well, Emerald 100 back bigger and better in 2021. Exactly, Tone, and, and I, I believe that the Emerald 100 will still be a, a heat of the Country Cups. Um, I think it was originally a, a heat of the Country Cups mm -hmm. uh, challenge, and um, when you look at it, distances up there at the Claremont track, that was either go longer than the 1850 um, or shorten it up, and I, I don't believe, um, ideally, if it was a heat of the Country Cups challenge, to go to a, a further distance, particularly when the finals are a 1,600-metre race down in Brisbane. Just having a look at it, I think no, it's the Central Highlands for mid-November. Uh, oh, is it the, that's the that's the heat. Oh, that's yeah, that's the Emerald one. Heat, and that's over the mile. So I suppose then it's a matter of whether the grass at Pioneer Park will be okay in mm -hmm. time for that tab meeting come Friday, the thirteenth of November, or perhaps it then has to be uh, yeah, revisited somewhere down the track in the coming weeks. One thing stays the same, fellas. Uh, Pioneer Park, Pepperina Park. <laughs> that keeps the consistency exactly going much. for the two meetings. <laughs> You can always tell a teacher card you're looking for the shortcuts in the abbreviations. <laughs> Great to hear from you again.
<laughs> Great to hear from you again, Scotty. And forward to uh, your reports coming out of Pepperina Park uh, out of that October meeting for the Emerald 100. Mate, and um, yeah, just like to take the opportunity to wish you and the club all the best out there for the weekend with the the Longridge Cup, and I'll be listening with great um, a deal of interest, mate, um, on the, on the Longridge Cup, mate. You'll be able to watch coverage on Sky Channel through the Sky Racing Active app and at your local Sky Racing outlet, so you'll be able to catch all of the action there at Longridge Cup Day on Saturday, Scott. And hey, thanks, Tony. I look forward to it. Is that because Ladude is running in the Cup, possibly? Possibly going out there for a, for a look, mate, and see if he can handle that type of surface. And is it Lay Dude or Le Dude? Le Dude, mate. Le Dude, right. I've got it right. I like to get it right for the owners. <laughs> Good luck on Saturday. <laughs> hey, thanks, boys. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Good on you, Scott, uh, and all the best there with Ladude for owners, Mr. SK Power and uh, GJ Bell lining up there for the, uh, the big race coming up there on the weekend. Getting back to the grassroots of racing, this is Bushbeat. Rob, we're going to uh, roll through a few of the other results very soon. We've got uh, some news out of the Gympie and Mad Heiser programs to, to get back to, and I just want to touch on some of the other uh, big, notable, multiple winners that came out of some of the tab programs of racing last week. But we have a very special guest with us on the program this morning to bring us some big news. While we've been talking over, especially over the last couple of months, about all of the the COVID restrictions, and as we were saying there with Scott about patrons hopefully getting back on course there at Pepperina Park at Clermont, there's been a, a, a few questions that have been bouncing around as to what is going to happen with the 2021 On The Bit Racing Gala Awards, the country awards coming up in Emerald on the 6th of February next year. Yeah, that's right, Tony. Of course, the awards have been going on for two years now, and I noticed there was a On The Bit presentation of the original uh, evening up last night on Facebook and this morning we uh, were very fortunate to have on board Gavin Morris who is the operations manager of On The Bit Racing Australia. Uh, good morning to you Gavin, welcome to Bushbeat. Good morning boys and good morning to all your listeners. Now firstly before we talk about the awards I just noticed in the uh, details that I had there's a bit of a name change here, could you fill us in on that? OTB Racing Australia, On The Bit Racing Australia, it's a name that is uh, brand new for the, the brand of On The Bit. Yeah, I guess this is an exclusive um, uh, for your listeners. We've just had a, a small but significant uh, racing uh, uh, change to our racing name. So uh, we're registered now as On The Bit Racing Australia, uh, very much dedicating all of our business um, to the showcasing the, the great product, which is Queensland Country Racing. That's, that's where our roots lie, but acknowledging also that we've got uh, a growing audience beyond the borders of Queensland, and um, such is the significance and, and the brilliance of uh, the, the country Queensland racing product that is starting to really make traction um, outside of Queensland. So we thought that that might reflect our, our growing audience, but absolutely acknowledging our, our heart and our, our heartland is in country Queensland racing. I think it's one of the things, Gavin, especially through these COVID times, there's been a lot more focus, especially of coverage on the internet of uh, of different events and, you know, even down to things like school graduations and church services and things like that. And, yes, it's it's going near wide and far now, uh, especially with things like the uh, the OTB racing coverage that we've come to grow and love uh, over the, uh, the the last couple of years. Every Saturday we're out there looking to see these horses going around at some of the, the country and outback tracks, and it's just it's growing, um, well, week on week, year on year. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, our... 
our viewers on, on Facebook and the support that we're getting on, on, on Facebook is, is just growing to a point now where we're going to move all of our racing content and all the things that we bring to to our viewers to a, a, a website platform. So that'll come out in the next week or two. Um, so looking forward to that announcement from our director, Matt Peters. So uh, it's just growing, like you say, week on week. I, I think, you know, we average now between 25 and 30,000 views a week. Um, and it's, it's people who are involved, the participants involved uh, in country Queensland racing. Uh, people want to see their horses go around. And it's great to acknowledge the hard work of, of all the participants, um, the strappers, the, the, the trainers and jockeys um, throughout country Queensland. And it's really great that we can provide that to a broader audience. It's fantastic. Yeah, Gavin, it's come a long way under Matty and Christy Peters uh, on the bit. And, of course, it's come a long way with the presentation of awards to recognise achievements starting back in 2019. And this morning, you can detail for us uh, some of the information because the On The Bit Racing Australia Gala Awards are going to go ahead. And uh, this morning, we've got some details, not only when they're on, who could be there, but also some of the uh, changes to the awards that are happening. Let's start with the, uh, the date at the moment that On The Bit Racing Australia Gala Awards is taking place. So, uh, thank you for that. It's, it's, a, it's a gala weekend, but the, uh, the awards night itself is Saturday the 6th of February and that will be held at the Emerald Town Hall. So, uh, really excited to be following up the fantastic day of racing, which, which will be at the Emerald Jockey Club uh, earlier in the day. Um, on the day before that, on, the, on Friday the 5th, we've got our special guests coming up. We're going to hold a, a golf day um, on the 5th. Uh, that night, we'll have a meet and greet the, at the Maraboon Tavern and then off to the races Saturday afternoon. Pick a few winners out, put on our fancy clothes and then head to an absolutely fantastic night um, at the Emerald Town Hall to, to really celebrate and acknowledge... Uh, all participants in, in country Queensland racing, but um, yeah, and obviously we've we've got uh, a selection of awards that, that that we give out on that night. Yeah, 14 awards in total, and um, people would be quite used to some of the awards. But of course, with COVID-19 affecting the amount of racing, uh, a decision would have had to have been made to uh, remove some of the awards for this year because it would be unfair. Uh, particularly, say, for example, the country race meeting of the year when there's only been limited racing occurring during the year. Uh, it seems a decision has been made to remove them for 2020 and hopefully they'll be back bigger and better and, and than ever next year. Uh, so we've got some awards out, but you have some new awards coming in for 2020. Yeah, that's right. We want to be fair to all participants. and We understand that COVID's had more impact on on some regions more than others, and whilst acknowledging that COVID's had a significant impact on everyone, so we do have the 14 awards, and uh, we've got we're just modifying uh, some of the criteria and the way that people can nominate for the awards, and that'll come out on our Facebook and our website uh, really quickly. But the, the the four awards which we have added to our um, schedule this year is um, the Jim Cassidy Queensland Country Ride of the Year Award. So every week the pump-up um, goes through all the races and picks out his Ride of the Week and we're making a catalogue of, of those Rides of the Week awards and then um, on the night we'll pick out uh, uh, Jim Cassidy's Queensland Country Ride of the Year Award. Uh, another new award will be the Queensland Country Racing Sprinting Horse of the Year um, and also the Distance Horse of the Year uh, and our final new award is Outstanding Contribution to 
Country Racing Award. So really significant awards and I'm sure the recipients will be, uh, you know, really honoured and privileged to be awarded uh, and acknowledged in front of their peers on a really special night. Um, so they add to a body of 10 previous existing awards and nominations for those awards will open either on our Facebook page and or our website uh, on the 1st of October. And we encourage all participants across uh, country Queensland to um, nominate uh, where they see fit. And I think the important thing to note there, it's not a racing season as, as dates. Uh, so it's not like 1st of August 2019 through to 31st of July 2020. The on the big calendar year, Gavin, is actually calendar year. It's 1st of January to the uh, the 1st of December. So it's all the 2020 events that take that you have to take into consideration. Yeah, that's right. So it's a calendar year, and that just reflects the nature of the racing around the, you know those hotter months towards the end of the year. So uh, please take uh, if, if you are thinking about nominating, and we encourage you to do so. Please just acknowledge that we do we are um, making considerations from the on the bit calendar, which is as you mentioned, the first of January through to the first of December. And Gavin, the, uh, when the information goes up on the website, uh, it, it's really important when people decide to nominate someone to put as much detail in as possible, I would think, in, in any nomination system so that the, the panel of judging can look at criteria, can measure against the information they're being provided with. Uh, and the more information, I would think, the better. Um, and particularly interesting that now we have a, a split, if you like, in the horse of the year with the sprinting and the distance uh, one. It gives a new dimension to that. So more information, the better. Um, don't hold back with what you put in with a nomination. Yeah, exactly. Sell your story. So you're obviously nominating for a good reason and um, don't leave it up um, for discussion in terms of um, assumptions or, or, or other people filling in the gaps for you. Uh, so if you're going to nominate, please do so and, and tell your story. Um, as much detail as possible is, is recommended and it just provides uh, a full opportunity for those people charged with the responsibility of of, of picking the, the winners of the awards that they've got as much relevant um, information as possible so that decision-making process has as much clarity as possible. Gavin, you mentioned the uh, Jim Cassidy Queensland Country Ride of the Year Award from the Pumpers' uh, votes where he's picking them out week in, week out. I would imagine that uh, clickety-clack, the, the Pumper will be back in Emerald next February because he's been a, a mainstay uh, through the, the first couple of awards. Uh, ceremonies that we've had for 2019-2020, uh, we wouldn't be able to hold the OTB awards without having Pumper in town, surely? Absolutely not. Uh, Jimmy is he's, he's absolutely on the phone every week, wondering what we keep, what, what more he can do for the On The Bit team. Uh, he's counting down the days to the On The Bit awards uh, night and he has been confirmed as a special guest. He's a really important team member of, of the On The Bit team. Uh, and so he'll be there. Uh, in addition to Jim, uh, we've also got we've got confirmed um, uh, attendance for uh, Corey Brown, uh, Andy Bickle, and Kimberly Simpson. And if you don't know Kimberly, she's um, has, has been a Miss Australia contestant in the past and has a significant interest uh, in country Queensland racing. So really strong guest speaking lineup. But Cookie um, Clack, the uh, the Piper's back absolutely headlining uh, what will be a fantastic night and obviously if you can get to those pre-events with the, with the, the Calcutta day and, and the golf day, the meet and greet and the recovery breakfast, you get to, to rub shoulders with uh, some real characters and, and, and blokes who have been at the, 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 
pinnacle of, of racing of which we've all got so, so much passion. Well, great to see the growth and the progress continuing with On The Bit Racing Australia. Uh, Gavin, thank you for coming on this morning. We look forward to the third of the uh, On The Bit Racing Australia Gala Awards and great to see these nominations or these uh, awards will be up on a new website in the next 10 days or so. Plenty of progress uh, with country racing and On The Bit doing a great job to support Queensland country racing. Thanks again this morning, Gavin. Thanks for having me, and um, hopefully I'll make your show again shortly. All right, we will talk again soon. Gavin Morris, the OTB Racing Australia Operations Manager, confirming all of the news there for us, Rob, for the On The Bed Racing Australia Gala Awards. Uh, February, the way this year has dragged along, I know we're into September now, but it seems like March was a year ago uh, with all the way COVID's been going, and it really does seem like yeah, forever ago that we were actually in Emerald for the uh, 2020 awards that were held back in February when Peter Moody was the, uh, the special guest speaker there. Uh, but, yeah, it will come along very, very quickly when we get to uh, February 2021. And i got a funny feeling the pumper loves going to Emerald so much that it wouldn't matter if there's COVID restrictions. He'll self-isolate uh, for the <laughs> 14 days to make it happen, Tony. So I think you're right. <laughs> look, forward, look forward to that weekend. Nomination. I was just Sorry. going to say, nominations open on the 1st of October. Keep a watch on the uh, the Facebook page for On The Bit. And as Gavin said, yes, they're, they're only a couple of weeks away from launching the uh, the new OTB Racing Australia website as well. And once we have news of that come through, we'll certainly update everybody on that as well. And to wrap up a big morning on Bushbeat this morning, we had two uh, good meetings that came out of the northwest and, of course, down at Gympie, uh, Mount Isa, the northwest meeting, up there, uh, a good six-event program, still continuing the six-event program. Great to see Keith Ballard bouncing back to winning form. He's come off a double in recent um, weeks, and he uh, he bounced back with a win on Craigley Altona for Tanya Parry. This city-wise now had two wins from two starts for the trainer. Took home the cutest money in the benchmark 50 over King Landon and Brave Jewel. And talking of another jockey back in the saddle, Jason Hooper. Good on you, Jason. Back from injury, and he kicked home uh, Nitro City for Sean Roy's uh, the strategic manoeuvre in the benchmark 50 over Captain's pick that's been in pretty good form of late and single story into third. Uh, Dan and Denise Ballard. Now, here's a horse that's come back from a little break, uh, a Magnus. And again, if you're looking to these horses for stampedes and so on, maybe this is one. Magic Town, first up since July, over a five-length winner of Hologram and World of Pain. He's on the way up, that horse, and he could be just one of those ones that gets in quite light into a stampede heat. The other winners on the day, Jason Babarovich, actually a race-to-race double. Miss Valletta for Kerry Crow, the Eurozone, and also Flossie Top, the Carrara, that's first run for the stable, was with Daryl uh, Johnson, and that's a Tanya Parry uh, winner for the day. And uh, Stephen Royce had the win with Grand Symphony over Masking and Sid's Coin in the opening race on the program. It was the Glass Harmonian. Uh, getting up in that particular race. So very competitive racing again occurring up there. And I made them, I, I knew I had to look out for a dead heat. I do apologise, Tony. When you go to race three, Flossie Top actually dead heated with Tanya Parry's other runner, Bakur, for Keith Ballard. So I did think Keith had a double. He got one and a half with a day. <laughs> Flossie Top over Bakar and to- toss of a coin. I've been caught out before with those dead heats. I just can't quite see that extra number one. There, so I do apologise, but it was Tanya that got the uh, two wins. Uh, of course, Gimpy, and great to get information always. Ever since the start of Bushbeat, Barry Fitzhenry has sent great information in. And just to add into some of these results, 
uh, when you go through the meeting there. Robbie Farr, a jockey, a countryman jockey. He just travels everywhere, Robbie. He's in great form of late. He's a confidence jockey, and the confidence is sky high because he had three winners on the day at the, uh, at Gympie, and he bookended the program, actually, with Barry Gill when Superplux took out the uh, maiden handicap. This is a... a, a a starter for Barry Denham, who's the ex-Gainder starter. It's his first winner as a, an owner. He's had horses with Barry Gill, so good on you, uh, Barry Denham. You've got a first-up win there with Superplux, the Delago Deluxe, the five-year-old, defeating Search and Destroy and All in Sync. Then uh, Robbie and uh, Barry Gill combined with the uh, horse of the year from the previous year, Marata, Maharata, um, in the last race. It returned to the Gill Stable, returned with a, a bang, if you like, 11.75 lengths over Craigley Centina and Layla's Lad in the benchmark 60. Uh, this horse loves the track. Four wins, two seconds from eight, and he came off a third at Bundaberg last start. Uh, Robbie's other winner on the day was for a partner, Sheree Vic, with El Nino's Choice. Now, we've heard of ways to get beaten in racing, and someone made the comment that in this race, Mountain Courage would um, have to fall over to get beaten. And unfortunately, he dumped rider Rebecca Wilson out of the barrier. And uh, according to Barry, there was uh, a bet of $1,200 left in the bookie's bag. Ooh. So another way to get beaten on a racetrack. But luckily for Rebecca, no serious injury. She was able to continue riding on the day. Uh, Pexbury Avenue, a winner for Ian Jackson and Jason Misson. Um, it's a good trial, this horse, for next month's Gimpy Cup. It defeated Fury of the Storm. And no more bids into third place. That's a runner that used to be out here in the Central West. And the other winner on the day was Shenzai for Daryl Gardner and Rebecca Wilson. Uh, I think Daryl's wife, Joanne, probably will get back, uh, bragging rights here because she liked the form of this horse when she saw it down south and uh, picked up this galloper by the factor. It's now had three uh, runs for the stable and it's uh, had two wins and a second. So great to see that judgment of Joanne's coming through there. Shenzai beating Miss Taylor and Prestissimo. And I think Robbie Farr, I might have seen, is going to Taroom meeting on the weekend. He's riding in great form. Congratulations to him. A treble on the day at Gympie, Tony. We were touching on uh, some of the other uh, results, from, uh, especially from Dolby and Mackay from the weekend. And you mentioned Justin Stanley with his treble at the uh, Mackay program on Saturday. Rob, that was off the back of a, a double at the Rockhampton Jockey Club program at Yapoon last Tuesday. Manu Botgita has also had a busy week with a treble on the Thursday tab program at Townsville. He followed that up with a double at Kilcoy on the Friday. Now, that's a fair effort in itself. Five winners in two days. But to do it from Townsville to Kilcoy yeah. uh, in that space of 24 hours, I think is pretty amazing as well. Have saddle travel, and he's doing it regularly as well. Um, and the other piece of information for all clubs, the next round of the country racing program, of course, the Queensland Government initiative that provides support to non TAB Thoroughbred Racing Clubs throughout Queensland. This is for the infrastructure round. You can apply now for the next round of the country racing uh, program. And eligible projects include repairs and maintenance of infrastructure and asset replenishment or a replacement. And uh, it's basically uh, the eligible clubs are those that are non-TAB uh, clubs in Queensland. And uh, this is all available on the RaceCube website. You simply go to that and you follow all the prompts in that. And you can, if you've missed out on projects in previous rounds, you can basically resubmit that information. But that opened up, I'm pretty sure it was on the 15th of September. So uh, get in and make sure that's done because there is a closing date that will be occurring in, or it's towards the end of October. I just can't quite see it at the moment on my sheets. But all clubs, take note. That's a great project. Uh, program that and many improvements have happened to uh, Queensland Country Race Clubs 
uh, with the particular racing program and the infrastructure improvements. Um, so take note of that and get your applications in, Tony. But what a big program this morning we've had for Bushbeat and all this great country racing leading into the Cups coming up this weekend. Yeah, we've got Cups all over the place and we've been talking about it for weeks, but it's finally here, the 2020 Race in Queensland Country Cups Challenge and Country Stampede qualifiers this weekend at Longreach to Room. The UN Amateurs and Mount Isa, they're also racing at Gladstone on Saturday and that's off the back of the tab programs today at Bow Desert and Friday at Cairns. And uh, any news coming out of those country meetings, just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. And when you look at this program, even for Longreach, what a, uh, a good cup field we're looking at with uh, star horses like Valenti, previous winners like Hunter Island, horses in form, SEL. We heard Scotty Power mention Ledood. And the Townsville Cup winner, Tony Sharanda, also nominated for the Longreach Cup. We're really looking forward to this Saturday in Longreach, but we'll be reporting on it next week. Tuesday on Bushbeat, as we love to do every week. Good luck to you and the club with uh, everything happening there for the big day at Longreach on Saturday and to all of the clubs uh, racing this weekend. We, sh we wish you all good, uh, safe racing and an enjoyable afternoon as well. Good morning, Danny. Good morning, everyone. And we will have a beer for you on the weekend <laughs> in your absence. I have no doubt. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good morning, Katie. Our thanks to uh, Rob Luck, Gavin Morris and uh, Scott Power and Peter Rowe joining us on a star-studded cast of thousands this morning on Bushbeat. And good luck to all of those clubs racing this weekend, not forgetting, of course, Weepwood Day at Toowoomba on Saturday. If you've missed any of Bushbeat this morning and each and every week, we've got a new platform that we can direct you to to be able to hear a replay of the show. You uh, go to our Wooshka page to be able to access it there. You'll find the link for that going up on Twitter on the at Radio TAB Oz uh, Twitter handle through the afternoon. We'll also try and get it out onto our Facebook page as well so that you can go back and have a listen to Bushbeat each and every week. We wish you all the best for racing coming up on the weekend. We'll catch you back next Tuesday morning.